What's going on, everybody? Happy Not Friday to you all. (laughs) (laughs) Usually we do our broadcasts on Friday, but I I missed our broadcast last week, so I thought, hey, let's do two broadcasts this week. So here we are today, Wednesday, April the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2023. We are still stuck smack dab in the middle of winter here in Utah. (laughs) Even though spring has sprung, the grass has not riz, and that's why there are no birdies is around here. So... Gosh, I'm so my kids are going nuts. It's spring break here this week, and they're just sitting inside watching all the snow. And they're like, Dad, is it ever going to get nice outside? I was like, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I've got with me my (laughs) yes, I've got with me my my beautiful co-hosts, Erica and Justice. Say hello, guys. Hi, everyone. Erica is uh she's joining us, and hopefully she'll be able to finish our broadcast. Unfortunately, she's under a bit of a weather turmoil right now as well, um, due to a tornado watch. Isn't that right, Erica? Another one, yeah. Oh my gosh. My town was flattened a couple of days ago over the weekend. We've been helping people dig out and, you know. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if we lose, if we lose Erica, we'll know why. Um, But hopefully she can make it through this time. Justice, how are you? I'm good, James. I'm buried in snow. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) I know this too, because when I dropped you off at your house, it's like, I was like, how do you even get up to your house? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. The, the level of snow that's fallen off the roof has met the edge of the roof off our back porch. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We live at 7,000 feet, people, in the mountains, so we are in ski country. Yeah. It never oh, it is, <clears throat> it is ski country for sure, but gosh, when, um, you know, as you guys know from uh, our last episode or previous episodes, uh, we recently filed a lawsuit up in up in. Uh, where uh, Jared, uh, Justice lives, and um, when I uh, dropped her off at her house, I'm like, she's like, you can just drop me off here at the road, and I looked, I was like, where's your house? <laughs> your Up the hill, you. around the corner, behind about 15 feet of snow. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, hey, everybody, we have a very special guest with us here. We have uh, Captain Cross has been gracious enough to join us. Uh, he's got some interesting stuff going on, but uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Captain, welcome. Well, thank you very much, James. Uh, it's good to be on with the Justice and Erica. Let me, uh, before I, I get started, I, I don't want to rub it in, but I've got real nice weather here in Arizona. Sun skies. Yeah, you know what? Just just stop right now. Stop it. <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> so, but let me, let me, before I start, let me, let me qualify uh, who I am. Yes, uh, please. I, I have been flying since 1984. That's 38 years of flying. Never an incident or accident, or a violation. With a prominent airline. We're not going to mention which one, but it is a prominent airline. Right Right now, I have been with this airline for 25 years. It's an American carrier. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, it's an American-based carrier, or another word for carrier is airline. So, And for uh, 25 years with this airline, again, not a blemish on my record, always in Mm -hmm. compliance with the rules, the laws, and a perfect record. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this this mandate came out for a restriction of breeding by everybody, right? So yeah. uh, that yeah, you might you might need to, Captain. I apologize. You might need to give some context on what you mean by this mandate. Um, you know, oh, I know where okay. we are today, but let's let's go back in time. If you want to say maybe some approximate dates and time that'll be helpful for everybody. 
Oh, yes, yes. Early in uh, 20, I believe, or uh, yes, uh, early in uh, 2020, 2020, yes. 2020 uh, there was a presidential uh, order, mm-hmm. executive order, that mandated uh, face coverings uh, for travelers on uh, airlines, on uh, uh, transit, uh, mm-hmm. all, all sorts of uh, areas, uh, buildings, uh, public buildings, uh, federal public buildings, all over the place. Yes. But specifically specifically airlines. And uh, the TSA, the, the CDC came out with recommendations, and then the TSA was tasked with enforcing the uh, face coverings on airlines and in airports. Yes. And uh, they issued what, what is called security directives. Mm-hmm. That, has, that has nothing to do with security, by the way. Uh, yes, uh, and it is completely outside their authority to issue uh, such uh, requirements for travelers or crew members. Now, uh, this is now just crew, just real quick for clarification. You're talking yeah. the, the TSA, right? It's outside their authority. Yes, yes, it Correct. is. It okay. is the, the the law. The law forty nine U.S. Code one one four, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. states that. Uh, the TSA may not uh, supersede any other federal agency, i.e. the FAA, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, regulating air travel, even under okay. emergency. Okay, okay. perfect. So, but, they, but, they did, but they did anyway. But yes. they did anyway, and they issued these security directives. And in the security directives, uh, they instructed airlines to uh, inform the public that... Uh, uh, this is a uh, law and that they have to follow the law. When in reality, the Department of Transportation that oversees uh, the FAA uh, stated unequivocally that uh, not having a face covered in airports or on airplanes is not a violation of the law. It's simply... Yeah, because there is, the there is no law that mandates that. <laughs> there, 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 there is no law. They just issued what, what they call the regulation uh, superseding the FAA, yeah. and they and they started calling it a law, and it's not a law. They overstepped their their bounds and uh, uh, issued something that is strictly uh, in the hands of the FAA because this is safety related. Now mm-hmm. the FAA, on their on their part, uh, did not regulate face covering at all. They they didn't do anything right. I I never heard any kind of directives from the FAA. Nothing, nothing. What they did is they issued recommendations and okay. recommendations are not regulations. They're not law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That well, if you, want, if you want to do yeah. it, then do it. If you don't, then you don't have to. James yeah, let's, and let's frequent flyer. He's on the planes a lot. So he, yeah, he'll... yeah. So I, me, I so remember me... it's, it's rather a time I would like to forget. I'll be honest with you. It was terrible. Yeah. There are still people who still wear those, those guzzlers, um, face diapers, as They've I call been... them. There are still people that are making an announcement before the flight saying that it was federal law. They like, did. Yes, they that's would, they did. They would that's, threaten us all when we were flying. Yeah, just because Erica brought it up, I will say something. I never, I refuse to make that announcement. And one day, towards the end of, uh, I think it was like uh, in October of 21, I had a union member call me uh, who worked for the union, call mm-hmm. me and say, hey, you know, Captain. Uh, 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 I want to talk to you about something. Uh, there are reports that you're not making the announcements. You're not covering your face. 
and uh, you're out of uniform because on your overnight bag, you have the message that says uh, no, no, no mandates, uh, no passports, no, no vax passports and all that, all that stuff, you know. And, and at the time, we had about 30% of the pilots who opposed, uh, as a group, opposed the mandates. And I had uh, the message that said uh, 30 percenters take back the United States, right? And wow. <laughs> so he called me to tell me that I'm out of uniform and I'm not complying with, with, with you know, the, the requirement, right? So I asked him a few questions about uh, regulations, federal aviation regulations, which he didn't know, which he didn't know the answers to. Mm -hmm. I asked him if he knew if he knew what the order uh, stated uh, as far as an exemption for pilots, and he didn't know. So I said, "Won't you please go educate yourself before you call anybody else, because you really need to know." Yeah, um, and uh, I think that kind of put a mark on my back uh, because after that moment uh, it just started snow snowballing and uh, I was starting to get uh, more involved and uh, start asking questions pointed questions from the management people and I'll get, I can get into that um, but yes so so let me so let me let me focus on the passenger side of the equation because sure. it really is important for your viewers to understand what was being done to them so it was not a law okay and the FAA did not regulate uh, uh, face coverings. Okay, let's call it a diaper, whatever we want to call. It. I don't know what is the best <laughs> way. What is what's the easiest way to, to face smile. face coverings is fine. Yeah, face coverings. Okay. Yeah. So so because the FAA did not regulate it, okay, that meant that the FAA did not conduct any studies mm -hmm. to uh, determine how long. Uh, a flight crew member or a crew member, cabin crew member, can remain conscious in case of a decompression. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, what are the side effects of uh, these face coverings mm -hmm. on pilots and flight attendants? What, what are the near, the short, medium, and long-term side effects? And that is very critical because when they do not regulate it, that means that whatever the airline is doing is not in their operating specifications. There's a document called there's a document called the operating specification for an airline. The, in yeah. that document, the FAA specifies exactly what the airline can and cannot do. Got it. Okay. Because just just so I'm clear, and I believe that everybody else is clear, the the airlines are granted their charters for operation within the United States based on the guidelines and regulations set forth by the federal aviation administration is that correct that that is correct that is correct. okay okay and i will i will i will talk uh, i'll touch up on that uh, in a little bit once i get back to the pilot side of the equation yeah you bet yeah you bet uh, so so now um they decided to force people to uh oh by the way so so the face coverings that everybody just put on uh, mm -hmm. involves risks. Yes. There's no question about it. That, yes. In, in, case, in case of an emergency, in case of a decompression, uh, you really have very few seconds to uh, uh, react and put, put your oxygen mask on. That is yeah. the mask that comes from the 
the one uh, that drops from the ceiling. Yes. It's called the PSU, personal service units, right, right above your head, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. There has been no study, of course, like I said, by the FAA that demonstrates how long it takes a person to remove that face covering and place the oxygen mask on their face. Mm -hmm. Okay. To continue breathing. All right. So for the airlines to operate within the law, i.e. within the regulations, mm -hmm. they would have to, the FAA would have to conduct those studies and that they would have to adjust something called the time of useful uh, usefulness uh, or, or uh, a time of useful consciousness for crew members. Now, remember, flight attendants are in the cabin for your safety. They're not there to hand you your drinks and, and what have you, right? So in case of a decompression, there's going to be a lot of people that just don't know how to put that mask on and they need the flight attendants to help them. Mm -hmm. If the flight attendants are not there to help them because their time of useful consciousness has been reduced by covering their breathing apparatus, okay, then they have exposed the people to an added risk, additional risk that has not yeah. been calculated, but has not been calculated by the regulators, i.e. the FAA. Okay, so the airlines went out on a limb. They took the risk and passed it on to the passengers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's here's the here's the here's the trick with what happened there, or or with the remedy for something like this is problematic because the law does not provide for a private right of action under federal federal aviation regulations. Mm -hmm. And and if you're familiar with that. It means that if, if an airline violates the law, you can't sue the airline directly. You have to go to the FAA and the FAA will have to. The FAA would have the, to initiate that suit. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't have a private right of action. That's that's what that 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 means. So a passenger cannot sue the airline uh, because of what they did. Hmm. They just you just don't have private right of action. However, however. You can, I think, there can be a very good class action suit against the airlines because what they did is they forced you to check a box when you bought your yep. airline ticket. Yep. And when you check that box, they did not disclose the added risk that yes. they are undertaking. They're passing that risk on to you. Yes. So they did not disclose that to you. So that nullifies that contract of carriage. Yeah. Right? That yeah, it does. That contract I'm of carriage. I'm and, very I'm very familiar with that. Okay. And then they are violating the FTC rules. They are not advertising the added risk. Yeah. Just so, so everybody's think, clear. Yeah. Sorry, Captain, not to introduce yeah. in, uh, Oh, absolutely. Uh, anytime. Anytime. Interrupt. Yeah, I didn't want to didn't want to cut you off here, but just so everyone's clear, what, what the captain's referring to is again the, the, the muzzles, the face coverings, the, the face diapers, whatever you want to call them, they were a an, an approved medical device under the emergency use authorization act um 20 not 26 uh 20 i think it's like 52 or 32 usc 360 triple b i can't remember the exact federal law that it falls under um yeah let's get rid of that guy i don't know who that is sorry um, um and you're on mute justice so <clears throat> um under that provision any approved device under an emergency medical authorization you you must be given two things you must be given number one informed consent is the first thing so you must be said hey this device has been approved 
Here's what it's supposed to do, and, and these are the known risks. You're supposed to be given that. That's the first. The second thing is you're also, you also have a statutory right. Um, you know where I feel on statutes, but you also have a statutory <clears> right <throat> to refuse. So what Captain Cross is referring to is the airlines did not give any passenger a right to refuse. And I know this firsthand because, you know, as Justice alluded to, I do travel frequently with another major uh, United States-based airline. Um, and I am, and I have no shame in saying this, I'm a migraine sufferer and have been since I was 11. Restriction of my oxygen is a known <laughs> migraine trigger. I would get debilitating migraines when I would travel on airlines, when I had to muzzle my face. So I sought to seek a medical exemption, and I had some, some stupid doctor, don't know who it was, don't care, who cut me off mid-sentence and said, I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no, there's no proof whatsoever that, that a, a muzzle causes migraines. As I'm like, oh, really? So you know my condition better than I know myself. That's what you're telling me here? So that's what, uh, that's what Captain's referring to. And he's right. They did. They pushed it all right there. But anyway, go back to what you were saying, Captain. Apologize. No, no, no worries. No worries. Yes. So, 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 uh, even, even if, even if the, the risk is 0 0.001, they mm -hmm. should have disclosed that. Okay. Yes. And not, not only that, but the fact that it's not part of their operating specifications that is approved by the FAA. They're out, mm -hmm. they're operating outside the parameters of their cert certification. So mm -hmm. they are in violation of that to begin with. Okay. Um, there's a regulation uh, that the airlines operate under is called uh, uh, 14 CFR 121.417, paragraph uh, 121.417. And that, uh, that uh, paragraph dictates to the airlines specific training for crew members if the uh, crew members are operating above flight level 250 or 25,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And that involves training the, the, the crew members on uh, oxygenation, uh, uh, emergency uh, uh, procedures, uh, uh, decompression, a whole host of, of, of uh, training that the crew members have to receive. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I never received that training. None of the crew members who I know received that training. All they told them is, "Oh, you just you just take it, take take the, the 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 face covering off and put on your oxygen." Well, as silly as that may may as easy as that may sound, it can be very confusing in a decompression situation, and you may not be able to remove that completely and then end up putting the oxygen on and and not receiving enough oxygen. And you either so you're either gonna have you're either gonna pass out or you're gonna have brain damage, one of the two, and you're not gonna be able to help the crew members. Exactly. Now, now there would have been a solution that they could have uh, implemented the airlines. Uh, they could have chosen lower cruise altitudes. So instead of going to 39,000 feet, they could have chosen to cruise at 25,000 feet, which makes mm -hmm. the cabin closer to the ground. The cabin yeah. pressure, that is, right? Because yeah. you're, if you're at 39,000 feet, your cabin pressure is about 8,000 feet. So it puts you as if you're at 8,000 feet. But if you go down to 25,000 feet, your cabin pressure is at about 3,000 feet. And uh, the time it takes to descend to, say, 10,000 feet is a lot less. And then you can breathe normally. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the risk of, of, of uh, decompression is uh, minimized if they chose lower cruising altitudes. But of course, that would cost them a lot more fuel because the higher you go, yeah. the less fuel you burn. Yes. So 
from an economic standpoint, the airlines favored profits over the safety of the passengers. Hold on a second. Are you telling me that airlines promoted profits over the safety of their passengers? No, uh, that doesn't happen. Captain, what are you talking about? Not in our world. I don't know what we're no. talking about. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm, I'm in a different timeline here, but but uh, <laughs> but that's that's exactly what they what happened. Okay, so I I think the remedy for this is um, if anybody's out there and, is, and and interested in pursuing this is the con the contract side of it. Yeah, uh, what they sold uh, is a uh, an illegal product mm -hmm. and uh, did not disclose the risks. Yeah, in violation of the FTC rules and regulations. So. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's I think that, the cause I think of action. Has... Yeah, sorry. The, the, the cause of action would be fraud by non-disclosure. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't know if anybody has pursued that that path, but um, honestly, I think, I think we're a... all we're all fighting so many battles. I, I got to be honest. I, justice knows. I mean, we're, we're we're fighting these battles here on the home front, just trying to keep our property. We're trying to keep sticky fingers away from the things that we've worked our blood, sweat, and tears to get. So I'm, I was with, with you. you. Um, I understand. I understand. I, I wanted to. I mean, here, from, from where I was, I told you, I, and I still travel. I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a, I've flown over a million miles as a, as a passenger. Um, so I do fly a lot. And I wanted to take on the fight. But my concern was at the time, if I take on this fight, these people are going to put me on a no-fly list. If I can't fly, right. I don't have a job. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, it's they, not and they know I that and they, they, they know that. See, and here's the thing about that whole no fly list. Does, is anyone ever given their, their day in court or their opportunity to defend themselves for that? Or are they just, Oh, your name ends up on the list and how it got there. Nobody knows. And how you get it off is, is, is anybody's guess. That's right. So which brings us, which is a good segue there into the uh, federal aviation act of 1958. All right. In that okay. act, in that act in, in, in section one, zero four, it states that we have, it affirms, okay? It doesn't give us give us the right. It affirms that we as United States citizens have the right, it's a right yes. to traverse the navigable airspace of the United States of America. Right. Awesome. Okay? We have a right. The airlines are giving a privilege. A vehicle. That's right. They, they are given a privilege but we have a right. So if you consider that equation, would they be trampling our rights to traverse the navigable airspace of the United States of America? Absolutely. Yeah, I think they are. Absolutely. That's a right. That's, that's your right. They have a privilege and they have to live by the rules and regulations. Yeah. So, well, they... it, it's, and just so everyone's clear, it's because the, the, these airlines, they do not exist without the laws and, and regulations that create them, right? That's, that's Captain Cross, myself, Erica, and Justice, we, we weren't created by the airlines. So, so the creation can never be greater than the creator. <laughs> that's, that's what we've been saying here this whole time. So what that federal law you're talking about is just reaffirms, hey, you have a right to travel, and now that air travel is prominent, you have a right to travel in the, the navigable Absolutely. airways. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I, like seven hundred twenty thousand of us, 
choose to operate aircraft to fly. That's how I like to traverse the navigable airspace. Mm-hmm. Now, to do that, to do that, I would have to be, uh, I would have to have the skills, okay, and a uh, medical clearance called a medical certificate, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where, this is where my fight is all about. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I was about curious about medical, that. The medical certificate because it's on the books. It is law that only the pilot can make health decisions that affect the outcome of a medical clearance. Okay. The way, the way I've been, I've been uh, describing this to pilots, and pi- many pilots just don't understand this, um, is we, the people, hold the power. Mm-hmm. We gave the power to Congress to pass the law. They passed the Federal Aviation Act of 1958 that created the FAA, and the FAA gave us or uh, uh, regulated the aviation industry mm-hmm. and allowed me to exercise my right by meeting the skills and the medical standards that they have set. This is for the protection of everybody, the, the, sure. people, I carry, the people I carry and the people on the ground. Yes. That makes sense, right? I was just going to say that the whole key to that is safety. safety. Yeah, absolutely. All safety. those regulations that you had to go through before you could be a pilot is all for safety. And safety. That's the Sa- interesting part of it all. That's right. Safety is written 43 times in the Federal Aviation Act of 1958. 43 Good. times. And untold times in the Federal Aviation regulations. And in my company's manuals, I mean... I, if I if I search safety in the in the manual, I can come up with a very good number, right? Yeah. So it's all about safety. So uh, because of that, I refused. I refused to cover my face and good. restrict my restrict my breathing. And mm-hmm. uh, so, which which is going to take me to where what happened to me? I'll 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 briefly tell tell the story. So, Spokane International Airport, I'm going through the security. I'm on duty. I'm in uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, my passengers were were going through the security just as I was going through security, and I did not cover my my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, TSA says, "Well, you need to cover your your face," and I said, "No, I don't, because the regulations state that I make those decisions." Mm-hmm. Plus, plus, there's an exemption uh, in the security directive, and I have I just so happen to have that with me. And uh, it's it's in paragraph F three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably in the in the documents that that you you yeah. you, you read. But it says I'll I'll read it re- real quick here. It is an exemption. An exemption means an exemption means yeah. Whatever whatever it is doesn't apply to the individual. Mm-hmm. And the exemption, of course, if you remember, uh, children under two were exempt. They didn't have to cover their face. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people with disabilities didn't have to cover their face. Uh, and then it said. People for whom wearing a mask would create a risk to workplace health, safety, or job duties as determined by the relevant workplace safety guidelines or federal regulations. Mm-hmm. So they issued two of these, uh, what's called security directives. Mm-hmm. One for the aircraft operator and one for the airport operator. Mm-hmm. So the question is, okay, the one issued for the operator, I mean the airport operator, who does 
that paragraph apply to? Exactly. Who who has a safety a, a job that is centered around safety? Who has to comply with federal regulations? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it is the pilots, because the health of the pilot does not begin at the flight deck door. Like my company, my airline insists that the that my health basically begins at the flight deck door, and and yeah. it just it just doesn't right. It's just ridiculous for them to state that. Even the even the 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 judges in my cases, they're parroting the same thing. Yeah, and I'm like, no way. The you're missing it. Pilot, you're missing it. The pilot, the pilot's health is a 24-7 affair. You can't uh, read it that way. That's not yeah. what the intent of Congress. Yeah. That's not what the intent <clears throat> of Congress was, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so uh, so the TSA uh, individual, uh, uh, they call them TSOs, Transportation mm-hmm. Security Officer, um, called the police. <laughs> The police, three of them were were on me like that. Like three seconds, they were there. Oh, I bet they they and loved. They, they were reaching for those fights. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And they were about twelve inches from my face. This one officer telling me, "Put the dang mask on." Whoops, said it. Sorry about that. That's it's okay. But right, put the dang thing on, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. I said, that's my moment because uh, God is calling on me. Good. This this is the fight, and 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 what really, what really, um, uh, the the call really came to me when one of my coworkers, who was once one of my one of my co-pilots, mm-hmm. died from a shot. That's the word you can't say. <laughs> died died <laughs> died from the treatment. Yes. There you go. That was died from the treatment that was imposed on us by the company. Yeah. Within 17 days. Wow. Within 24 days, he was having symptoms. Three days, he was in uh, severe um, neurologic reaction. Day five, they placed him in induced coma. Day 17, he was gone. Ugh. That's hor- heartbreaking. So and and left behind his widow and two <clears throat> two daughters. Now, another one of my coworkers landed in... Dallas, six minutes late. Six minutes later, at the gate, he died. Mm. I revived heard about him. that one. He he coded three times. They revived <laughs> him, and now he walks around with a defibrillator. He he can't fly anymore. Okay, now both of them took the same treatment, mm-hmm. and both of them were forced to take it because our director of flight threatened them with losing their job if they did not do it flat out. The paragraph, I have the paragraph. I, I, I know I didn't give it to you, That's but okay. it is, it's flat out says, if you don't do it, you will lose your job. That was not true because there were other avenues that they could have chosen, like mm-hmm. an exemption. Yep. But this man did not mention that he flat out said, you'll take it or you're going to lose your job. Well, yeah. One died and one lost his medical forever. Okay. He's alive. He goes around talking about it. But, but hey, that didn't cause it because no. we're telling you it didn't cause it. You know, you don't know your body, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so which, which uh, I know I, I just 
kind of strayed a little bit uh, from my uh, quick story there. No, it's good. We're getting us all important. I promise. I promise. I'll, I'll try and keep it short. But you're you're good. So the, so the police officer were trying to police officers were trying to force me to cover my face. I said no mm -hmm. way. I said this is this is my moment. It, whatever happens happens. I'm not going back. Mm -hmm. And and I said, either I walk to my airplane and take my passengers who are just passing me, and they could they could see the police officers uh, 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 detaining me. Basically, they they mm -hmm. they detain me unlawful detention for fifteen minutes. Yeah, or I leave the I leave the airport. Mm -hmm. But guess what? The agent of the airline connected with the police officers, and because the airline wanted an on time departure. The police officer said, okay, you can go without mm -hmm. covering your face. Good. A lot of money in that. Right. There's a lot of money mm -hmm. in that departure. Sure. Yeah. So if, if, at... if they had sent you out the door to the airport, now yeah. they have to cancel that flight, find a new pilot, which would, I mean, that would, I mean, you can probably tell this better than I can, but I just know in my experience as a passenger, it's like whenever, whenever there's crew issues, it's like a ripple effect that goes on oh, and down absolutely. and it affects. It's not just that one plane or no, that flight it's number. Day. It's the it's entire day. Yes. It's an all day thing until the, until they regroup overnight. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then, so, and then uh, they have enough disgruntled customers and things like that too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, uh, figured financially is, uh, more, acceptable for the airline to let me go. So they did. I arrived at my uh, destination and the company removed me from duty. And I have been off duty since then. That was in December 6, on December 6, 2021. Something about they, that number six. <laughs> something about that. Now, on the, here's, here's the interesting thing. On on uh, they set up January 6, twenty twenty two, as a hearing to investigate what happened at the airport. Okay, hmm. now now mind you, uh, the event did not take place on the airline's property, so they really have nothing to do with it. But because the police called the airline, okay, so now in one of my arguments. The airline acted under the color of law. Yes, they did. So um, I'm trying to prove a 1983 claim. And I, I know, James, you, you, you'll you know that. You'll know what that yep. is. But yep. the airline act, acted under the color of law. And these judges use fancy, uh, f you know, fancy uh, cases. They cite all kinds of cases to prove you wrong. When mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is the police called them and they acted on a tip from the police. Simple yep. as that, right? Yep. So, well, you have um, to, <clears throat> the way you rein in these judges, which, you know, I, I think you're, you're doing, cause I read your appellate brief too. The okay. way you rein in these, these judicial activists is what they are. The issue you run into at these, and it's not just at the federal courts, it's also at state courts. You're going to have judicial activists. These, these judges okay. who want to, Ooh, I have a platform. I can push my agenda. agenda. Okay. You know, the, the, the rule of law, and the truth or the facts as explained, oh, that be damned. That doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. I'm here to push no. my agenda. But you're on the right track because um, 
Is he Arizona? Are you in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals? Yes. Okay. I, I know. I, <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get much better there. But I, I believe your case is an interesting one that should you not get the ruling you're looking for at the appellate level, you absolutely should file a petition for a writ of certiorari with the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because at that, some that's... point, you're going to get an adult in the room that goes, oh, wait a minute. He's moving under this federal law. This is what it says. This is not what happened. What else is there? Yes, that's correct. I, I agree with you. And this, the, I think the, the, the secret of success is persistence. You have yes. to be persistent and you got to keep pushing. And, mm -hmm. and if I give up today, they win. Yeah. And that's exactly what they want you to do. Yes. They want you to give up. Right. Yeah. So uh, no matter how small the fight is, you have to keep pushing. Yeah. For what is right. And yeah. eventually you will prevail. You know, I, so, I want to throw a little statistic out there for everybody, just, just so who's, those of you who are listening. At the federal level, and these numbers are generic, but at the federal level, somewhere around 60 to 70% of the cases that are appealed from the federal courts to the appellate courts, 60 to 70% of them are pro se litigants. So, so like the Captain Cross, like, you know, like Justice and myself that have um, – cases in those courts what's interesting is that of those 60 to 70 percent cases almost 30 percent of them are reversed and remanded 30 percent wow that's good do, do that's you guys good. do you guys know what the percentage is um on cases that are appealed by an attorney that get reversed and remanded you guys know not a clue under three percent oh. wow wow so and I, what, and I think i'm sorry james and i you're think going, I know go ahead I think I know the reason. The reason is because we as pro se are not constrained by the bar. Correct. We're not constrained by a certain set of rules that they've been that that, that we're trained mm -hmm. uh, uh, by, and uh, we just we're just we think outside the box. Yeah. And we're not golfing with the judge on Saturday and don't want to piss him off throughout the that, week. That's that true. Too. We're not. That is, that is, it, that it's, is it's, critical. It's like, <laughs> it's like Randy Kelton says, I'm not in there dangling by my bar card. Yeah. Right. I'm that's not right. worried that the judge is going to pull my bar card because the judge can do that to a lawyer. Uh, and Excuse me. A bar sanctioned member. You can't do that yeah. to one of us as, as a pro se litigant. So. Right. right. Okay. Very good. So let me, let me get back to. Uh, something very very important so so january 6th which is very very important it's very important to me mm. never mind everybody else yeah important <laughs> to me because because, <laughs> because on 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 that day i was put through a hearing mm -hmm. okay to investigate what happened at the airport okay so uh I wanted to postpone it to reschedule it, but they refused to reschedule it. Now, a reschedule is, I'm, I'm entitled to a reschedule under the collective bargaining agreement of the union. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and the union is, is if, I don't know if I can say the word, is crap. No, okay. You can go ahead and say that. It's just, it's just a bunch of communists yeah. that take your rights away. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and all your, your union dues. Yep. Manipulate your rights as, uh, as they please. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, and you have no rights under under uh, union leadership because uh, they got you in a box. Now yeah. you you 
You go to work and we tell you what we're going to fight for you, when we're going to fight for you and when we are not. So yeah, it's really, it's really that, that simple. Anyway, so um, it was an important day because on that day, I was able to present my case mm-hmm. and not only present my case, but extract certain positions from the, from the management, from, oh, from the airlines. Okay. Um, uh, one, of those, uh, one of those things that, are, that I focused on, they, they kept, they kept uh, uh, insisting on uh, forcing me to state that I violated company policy. Mm-hmm. And I would never say that. I, told, I even told them. I would never say that. Even if I did violate the policy, I would never say it on, on the record. <laughs> Why would I say it on the record? Exactly. What do you think? I'm, 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 you know, but I kept saying that I was in compliance with the federal aviation regulations mm-hmm. and, and the order, the security directives. And that drove them nuts. That just drove them nuts. Okay. I, uh, I invoked my authority over my medical certificate and that mm-hmm. drove them nuts. And uh, I tried to contract with them. I tried to contract with them. I said, look, I will do anything the airline wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Show me that you have authority over my medical certificate. And I'll do anything you want me to do. Good. But, but when you do, then you have to sign a document stating that I am fit for duty. Mm-hmm. And, that is, that, and that is a legal document. As a matter of fact, under 18 U.S. Code 1001, if you falsify that that statement, any statement, yep. you're subject to two hundred fifty thousand dollars fines and five years in jail, or both. Yeah. Okay? So every time I take a flight out, I am making that statement. I am making a statement to the agency that is the FAA. Yep. So I so said, hey, yes. absolutely, and that the release of the aircraft, the the number the number of gallons I'm carrying, the the doesn't exceed a certain amount of of weight. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the weight and balance of the aircraft, the routing, the weather, everything. I'm stating that I agree to all that. So it's a contract mm-hmm. with the government. Yeah. It's a contract with the people. Remember that. So as mm-hmm. I described earlier, the people through Congress, through right through the Federal Aviation Act, through FAA, I am contracting with the people to carry them safely from point A to point B. Yeah. So I said, if you prove to me that you have authority, I'll do it. But you have to sign these documents. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No can do. We can't do that. <laughs> right. So it's, of course. It's, it's, it's on the record. It's on the, you know, the transcript. That's okay. So I say offer made, offer rejected. We're done here. I'm done. Mm-hmm. What am I doing here? Right. But it continued. The threats that I would lose, basically I would lose my job continued. They just did not stop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I asked, they brought a guy, a hearing like that usually lasted about 10, 15 minutes with other pilots mm-hmm. because the union and the company agreed that, uh, that the union would not oppose the company's policy, mm-hmm. which is forcing everybody, right? Yeah. To, to cover their, they did not oppose it. And any pilot who was sent in, he was coerced by the union to just say, oh, yeah, I won't do it again and just walk out of there with a letter in their file saying, go back to work and cover your face. Yeah. Slave, you pilot. Yes. That's- you work for us. 
You're yeah. a slave. You have no rights, right? So I said, no way that will happen to me. No Good. way. Absolutely. Absolutely no way. I, I, uh, I even, I mean, he even told me, this captain who came from Chicago, uh, told me, uh, we are trying to bring people back on the airplane. How else are we going to bring people back on the airplane? If the gate agents don't cover their face, if the flight attendants don't cover your face, you're a leader. You are in leadership position. So we want you mm -hmm. to cover your face so that everybody else covers their face. And I said, so wait a minute. So, so you want me to violate my medical certificate just so you sell tickets? Ah, yep. Yep. One. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. and basically, that's what he told me in the in the hearing. I said, <laughs> I said he had, you know, he made the statement. You have an obligation towards the corporation. I said, no, 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 you're wrong. I said the only obligation I have is towards my passengers. I have no obligation towards the airline at all when it comes to safety. Right. Mm -hmm. Only my passengers. Right. And and well, that lasted an hour and twenty minutes. Wow. An hour and twenty minutes. Um, in the end of the day, they still put a letter in my phone. And, and here's, here's, the, here's the kicker. At the end, I said, you know what? I agree that I will comply with the company policy, the, the face covering policy, and the order. And mm -hmm. the order. Well, the order has the exemption, but he never read the order. <laughs> he never read the order, which was in our manuals. Yeah. It was given to us, but nobody read the order. Yeah. Nobody. So wow. they're just they're just going to work. I mean, let's face it, pilots make good money. Okay. Uh we're one of the top earners in the country. Yeah. We're the top earners in the company. Yeah. But we are so powerful that we move the nation. We move the country. We're only about okay, if you do the math. You have 720,000 pilots, according to the FAA statistics, mm -hmm. uh, roughly, uh, the end of 2022. Maybe about 100,000 actually work for a carrier uh, that transport people. The rest are general aviation and corporate and, you know, what have you for, for fun, right? Sure. So that's a very, very low percentage of the population. Man, yeah. What, 0 0.002, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But we move the country. You do. We move the country. As a matter of fact, under... 49 U.S. Code, 42.112, it states that we, the pilots, provide transportation. We provide transportation. What do the airlines provide? All they provide is a plane. The vehicle. That's it. That's it. We provide the transportation. We are so powerful, and the pilots are just, can I say this word? They're, I'm sorry, but I have to say it. They're stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're stupid. Mm -hmm. They allow a union. They allow a union to railroad them into a position that is so weak. That is so weak, and they give up their right to their medical certificate. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did, because they're so afraid of losing their job. Well, you the know? whole country did. The the... the whole the whole country did, but but they did not realize their power, uh, Justice. Right. Exactly. Point zero zero two, and we move the country. Right. Without us. The economy pretty much comes to a halt. Well, so, that's so do so yeah. do truck drivers, and but we do really move the country. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's there's so there's so many goods. 
I mean, people don't know this, and, and maybe you can can enlighten people on a, on a given commercial flight. You know, not only do you have all of the passengers that have paid for a seat. You know, what is that? Some some depends on if it's an Airbus three twenty. What about three hundred and fifteen, three hundred twenty passengers, maybe more. Oh no, so, three twenties three twenties carry anywhere from one hundred twenty four to two hundred people. Okay, yeah. So, so three different varieties. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got not only do you have the living passengers, you also have you know also, also all of their luggage, but that's not all. The, that's not the only stuff that these airlines are carrying. They also have um, compartments specifically for commercial goods. Right. Um, it, it would shock you to know how many times most of those commercial airlines are transporting um, a dead body, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know they, yeah, yeah. they do we it all the time. A lot of things. We transport a lot of things. Yeah, and and which is a good again another good segue into the uh, uh, this government contract that they that they claim that the airlines claim that we are government contractors, therefore you must accept the medical treatment. Mm. Right? They they claim yeah. that that's 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 the case. Well, excuse me, but that's your contract. It's not my contract. Yeah. That's your contract it's, with the the carrier, not the, not with me, the pilot. Yeah, that, that that's right, that's right. <clears throat> Plus, you can't have a contract that violates federal regulation, mm -hmm. or and any of your constitutionally secured rights. That that's right. Can exactly. I can I interrupt real quick? Sure. So, because the viewers um, on this channel are learning how to represent themselves pro se, would you mind telling them what action items you actually took and, yeah. and where you are now? Because I know you've gone through a case already and now you're starting a new one. So, would you mind sharing with them? Because these are legal-minded people. They'll, they'll understand. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah, good. That's, yeah. That's, that's know, what we do here is we, is we, we teach people about you know, your constitutionally secured rights, causes of action, you know, if your rights are violated, like you mentioned, um, doing something under the color of law, but pretending that it's something that, that they have lawful authority okay. to do so. So, so remedies for that. So yeah, tell, tell us where, so you, you had that meeting. Um, tell us, when did you get involved in litigation and how did that go in, 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 in the federal court and where are you now? Okay. Uh, very good. Uh, I, I'm passionate about the flying business, so I, I, I get I, it. I it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, we love you. You're such a nice. So, guy. so, so, thank you. So, uh, so, okay. So, following that hearing, there was another. I, I, I should have never done it, but I did it anyway. Uh, I followed the union's path, and I said, okay, I'm going to grieve it, and then I'm going to appeal it. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line. Uh, they somehow I received an, e an email that I was not supposed to receive, I think, uh, that uh, the managers were discussing a, an appointment with a doctor. And that was like, oh, wait a minute. They're going to pull the ultimate weapon against me. Okay. And they did. And, they did. and that was a fitness for duty examination. Oh, they, de they demanded a fitness for duty examination. And when I realized that that's what they were going to do i immediately filed a lawsuit pro se good and and uh, i had exposure to uh filing a lawsuit back uh in 2001 and uh, i ended up arriving at a settlement with the company the same company mm -hmm. um in 2005 and that and that agreement or that settlement contract agreement 
was sitting in a Tupperware here in my house for all these years, 19 years. And I thought, oh, this is just worthless piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And, and basically the agreement, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm telling you this. Uh, uh, this agreement was an insurance policy for me. So they would, so the company would not repeat what they had done back in 2001. Right. Yeah. So it was sitting in a box idle uh, for all these years. Now that's a contract. That's a contract between mm-hmm. me and the company directly signed uh, under the auspices of the court. Mm-hmm. So I had some background knowledge of filing pro se. And when I learned that the company was planning on using the ultimate weapon, which is, the fitness for duty, I decided to file my lawsuit and I quickly put it together. So you have to have uh, claims. So yep. I, I claimed in my complaint that the company was violating my uh, medical certificate, mm-hmm. was violating the aviation rules and regulations, uh, created a hostile work environment. Because they did. They did, but it's it's you, what you will find find out is that it's really it's really a narrow definition that they use, mm-hmm. which falls under the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Yes. Uh, so it has to be like national origin, uh, yep. uh, sex yep. or religion, whatever, right? And then the fourth claim that I had was acting under the color of law. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main objective has been and always is to protect the medical certificate of the pilot to Mm -hmm. make sure that nobody can tell the pilot what to eat, what to drink, how to breathe, how many hours to sleep and how to get ready for the flight because Mm -hmm. um, Congress meant for it to be that way. That's one. Two, it's common sense. Three, they cannot assume the responsibility that a pilot assumes. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they don't assume the responsibility and the risk. Then they can't dictate anything <clears throat> So, uh, to the pilot. So mm-hmm. I filed my lawsuit real quick, and I had to amend it a few times because I quickly realized that the best approach was under contract law. Yes. That was the cleanest approach it's black and white it's mm-hmm. spelled out there's no question asked right yeah yeah that's what i've been so, saying this whole time yeah and and uh so my four claims transformed to uh there, there's still four but i kind of tweaked them a little bit in my uh third amendment mm-hmm. my third amendment complaint is the copy that i that i uh, gave you james and I can pull it up uh, if you want to show anything. I have it here, so just let me know. uh, I I can talk about it. It's kind of hard to read it. Okay. Yeah. But but yeah. But let me let me say my so my first claim uh, was polished up, and I focused on the contract uh, side of it, and uh, I claimed that when I got hired by the airline, I had a an employment contract. Okay. And in my employment contract, I agreed to be responsible to maintain a medical certificate. Okay? So responsible means something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And maintain, so responsible to maintain means a lot of things. Yes, it does. And it means one thing. 
And that is, it is me and only me who makes health decisions to maintain that medical certificate. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's one. That's number one. Uh, number two was the fact that the airline violated uh, aviation rules and regulations, came up with policies that are just haphazard. Not only that, okay. those policies are arbitrary and capricious and that they don't specifically specify what their intent are and what what those policy considerations were based on. And they don't have anything because in preparation for my hearing, I asked them in my defense, I said, give me the documents that, you, that back your reasoning for these policies. Yeah. Give me what documents, you know, documentation, what studies have you done to support what you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Nothing. And, the, and, and this, this guy from Chicago, he's another captain. He said, he said, there's nothing. It's on the record. He said, we don't have anything. So they have nothing. They have done, they have done nothing to support their policies. Yo, so it is haphazard yeah. and yeah. it's hazardous. <laughs> yeah. So uh, real, so, real so, quick, real quick, yeah. captain. Um, I just want to reiterate here there. Most of you know, I've talked about this before. There was a lawsuit that was in the middle district of Florida that was filed that ultimately ended the federal mandate. Um, what was fascinating about this lawsuit is, is the individuals who put it together. They, they found all of the research that showed why the, the medical treatment of covering your face. Yeah, there it, it is. is right there. Yep. Why the medical treatment covering your face did not work and does not work. And they, they, they could not find one that showed that they did. That they had any effect. So, That's correct. So, so good, so good on you. All, all, all they cared about is bringing people back on airplanes and selling tickets. That's all they cared about. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, okay, so that was the second claim. And the problem with that claim, as I mentioned earlier, is the private right of action under federal aviation, federal yeah. aviation law, right? Yeah. Um, I have cited a case. Uh, it's Laughlin versus Riddle Aviation. Mm-hmm. In which the fifth court, uh, fifth circuit, circuit court, uh, found private right of action under aviation law. Interesting. And I'm using that to support my my position, my argument that uh, 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 one thing that this court in in, in Phoenix uh, uh, determined that it is unequivocal. This this is the one thing that the lower courts will not do is go off on their own and make a decision that is different than the appellate court. Yeah. They're told, don't do it, right? So yep. just, we're, yep. we're the boss. We told you how it is, just stick yep. with it. Yep. So in one of my motions, I invited the court here in Phoenix to have the guts to think outside the box. I, I, that's what I told them. I said, I'm extending an invitation to the court to deviate from the ninth circuit no it's unequivocal well here's here's, that's his word here's the thing mr judge um there is this pesky clause in the federal constitution called the full faith and credit clause that if if one citizen enjoys a right in one state that a citizen in another state shall have full and equal access to that right so if citizens within the first fifth circuit court of appeals have a private right of action under the federal aviation laws, then citizens within the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals do as well. And if you don't like that, then you have a problem because one, you're in violation of your oath to the Constitution, and two, 
the Constitution reigns supreme. Period. James, you'll have to shoot that to me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. um. Here, go keep talking, and I'll find it, and I'll and I'll put it up on. The okay, okay. So uh, so that that was my second uh, claim, and and uh, I I do have a pretty good story for the Ninth Circuit to consider to reconsider that that unequivocal position that they have taken, and uh, there's nothing unequivocal in law. Okay, because. The only thing that's unequivocal is our rights. Is our rights under God? This is it. Yeah. Everything yep. else, everything else is negotiable. Yep. But you can't um, negotiate our rights. Right. I I found that uh, clause, by the way. Okay. This is Article. Uh, let's see, is that five? No. It's four. Four. That's four. Article, Article yeah, four. I know. I am so bad. Okay. Article four, section one. Um, okay. I got it. Excuse me, section two. The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Okay, very good. That's exactly what that means. I'll, I'll wrote it down. I'll, I'll, uh, so, yeah, I'll, if, if I were you in your appellate briefs or whatever you're, you're filing, he's like, hey, this, this is what is known as the full faith and credit clause. Okay. Right here. Full faith and credit but, shall be given. And additionally me, to this, you, you, <laughs> well, and in, in, in addition to this, you can also argue under the 14th Amendment, uh -huh. uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, here it is right here. Under the 14th Amendment, there's also equal protections that, that are here because you're, you're going to hear idiots, and yes, they are idiots, are going to make the argument that the first 10 amendments don't apply to the states. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. But in case you were wondering, the 14th Amendment uh, brings that back up. So, Okay. Okay. Very good. I'm, I'm, I have to say that I'm actually enjoying uh, what I'm doing. Uh, Isn't it fun? <laughs> it, it, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes yeah. it's stressful, you know, and I just have to go for hikes or whatever. But uh, uh, sometimes I'm like, I can't do anything. I just, yeah. it's just my brain is not functioning properly. But I get and what would that be like going for a hike right now, right, Justice? What would that yeah. be like? Uh, I don't know. I, so I didn't mean to say that, but uh, you yeah, know. come on. You're rubbing it. It's like 80 degrees outside where you are right now, isn't it? Uh, no, it's actually cooler than much cooler than that today. Okay. All right. So my neighborhood, so, they claimed somebody uh, lost their life on our hiking trails because of an avalanche in my neighborhood. Oh. That's how much Ooh. snow there is. Yeah. I, wow. I, and we have tiny little hills. They're not giant mountains, but it's all around ski resorts, so they're mountainous. But oh, yeah. that was a sad thing to read the other day. But anyway, that's how much snow we had. I've been here for 18 I suppose, years. I suppose you could, you know, without much snow. Yeah. So, lot, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, 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 so that was so your that, second claim. Your third claim? That was, so that was the second claim. And the third claim is the uh, hostile work environment. Okay. And that is narrow because, again, they want to go by what the EOC's definition of a hostile work environment is. National and origin, race, sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that religion. the police, um, that situation, does that include that? Well, that is um, what happened in Spokane. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Different. I can't, I can't well, say implicate the airline with that yes because you, yeah, you a, there was a hostile incident it doesn't have to do got it okay right, you actually right. have a, a a separate cause of action for just that instance there yeah. you got the unlawful detainment and you have false imprisonment i i do and i have a lawsuit against uh 
Good. Uh, Spokane Police and and the airport. Good. I, I uh, I'm I'm having to transfer the case now to Washington because uh, I could not get uh, uh, personal jurisdiction over the officers here in where I'm at. So mm. I filed a motion to transfer the case to Washington, which is fine. Yeah. To the federal to the federal court in Washington, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Eastern yeah. Eastern District in, yeah. in Washington. So, yeah, and not not to get off on a tangent here, but there there is a lawsuit that I found. Um, a young man was going through TSA before all of this garbage, mm -hmm. and he wrote on his chest the verbiage of the Fourth Amendment that um, right. no person shall be subject to an unlawful search and seizure without, you know, without without a warrant. And right. uh, so, sure enough, they singled him out for additional security screening. So he took off his shoes, he took off his belt, and he took off his shirt as well, which is where it was written. They took issue with that, arrested him, charged him. He was ultimately found. Um, they, they dismissed the case, and they had a fat, fat settlement because of it. So mm -hmm. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not letting up on that. And, and by Good. the way, one of my, my – my, uh, uh, you're going to like this. Now, airports received a lot of money. Yes, they do. To enforce to – enforce, uh, uh, the people enforce the the covering you know oh at the time cases. okay at the time yeah yeah in the millions of dollars they were bribed okay. they were bribed yeah Sp spokane received 23 million 12,421 dollars yeah wow and the airport gets that the concession stands get that who pays them the the federal government federal government yeah, yeah they're just the that's the CARES Act. Remember? They're just printing the money. They're just printing money. But what yep. they did is they signed an agreement that they will enforce that, the, the face covering. And the threat is that if they did not do that, then the funding would, would cease, would stop. So they did everything under contract. I'm telling you, everything was done by contract law. So, yeah. But so, it's getting back to my fourth. I'm sorry, James. You were going to say. Yeah, you're fine. I was going to say. So your third claim was the the narrow definition for the hostile work environment, and then your fourth claim was. I, I am taking the care of that with another lawsuit, and I'll talk about that here. Uh, okay. Briefly, but the the fourth one is the uh, uh, airline acting under color of law, a 1983 okay. claim. Okay. The the thing that these judges do is they you file a case. And then they take it apart. Yep. They take it apart. And then they say, well, uh, you have this. This doesn't apply here. Because for this to apply, then they pull so many case law from all over the place. And they say, well, this, this doesn't apply. Here. They don't look at the big picture, at the story. And, and they say, you know, to, to, to conclude that, yes, a violation of that code happened. Mm -hmm. So in my case, for example, they claim that, oh, uh, just because the police called them and they acted on a police tip, uh, uh, that was an internal company uh, 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 policy that had nothing to do with the police. But if the police didn't call them, that would have never happened, right? But they don't. Yeah. They don't consider that. They just took it apart. They took it apart and made the decision that that's an internal policy or internal disciplinary action. So it has nothing to do with police. Yeah, it because does. You, because you violated a company policy. But wait a minute. The company policy doesn't apply at the TSA. Yeah. 
They, nothing, and they just blow it off. They just don't even yeah. mention it. Don't bring it up. The exemption, the exemption, I stated that the language in so many, you, you see that in the, in the, yeah, in the, yeah, in the, never mentioned. Yep. Never, never. These, these federal judges are notorious for blowing off issues that are the main, the heart of the issue. Absolutely. And they, and they go to the, they, they go to the issues that are really the, the, the small piece of what you're actually arguing. Yes. Right. Yes. So you, you, what they did is, is like you argued the, the police were called. And when the police mm-hmm. called the airline, that's when it became uh, an action under the color of law. Right. Well, instead of basically what the judge did is like, police, police be damned. We <laughs> police were called. We don't care. It was that's a right. violation of this. no, no and no, you you are crossing to again. That's a violation of the separation of powers. You're crossing the river, but you can't have you can't have both sides of the bank at the same that's time. Right. Yeah, yeah. So 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 that's another. So I am in my appeal. Uh, I'm I'm focused on uh, uh, by and large on the three uh, claims: the the first, second, and the fourth one. Good. The, the hostile work environment, uh, I am taken care of by a second lawsuit. Good. And the second lawsuit is uh, a violation of a breach, uh, a material breach of, of, of violation of the contract that I have with the airline. Yeah. Yeah. I saw and, that. I, I was able to pull up your suits because I have, an, oh, I have access to, to Pacer. Oh, yeah. So I okay, look them up. Okay. So that, so that contract. Okay, so the so the lawyers for the company are gonna file a motion to dismiss. Of course they're they are. gonna they're gonna claim that I have already claimed national origin as as a uh, a claim, you know, in my first suit. Therefore, I can't. I'm barred from b- bringing the same claim. But it's not the same claim. Yeah, this is a material breach of contract claim. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let me just let me just uh, touch on that real quick because it has parallels to the case that justice and I have going on right now. Okay. So, so what captain is referring to, there's, there's two, there's two doctrines, judicial doctrines that, that help to govern the judicial efficacy as it's known. And what it is, is it's the doctrine of rest judicata is the first. And the second is collateral estoppel. So what, what rest judicata is, is rest judicata prevents you from filing multiple lawsuits where the two parties are the same the causes of action are the same the issues are the same and you're asking a different court to give you a different uh, a different uh, judgment so the courts have adopted this this policy that hey if if this was already litigated and a court of competent jurisdiction came to a a, a conclusion we're not going to take up the case under this doctrine that's what that mm-hmm. is so so that's what they're going to argue in your in their motion to dismiss that the court should dismiss it because of the rest judicata. Exactly. Well, the second issue is collateral estoppel. What that is, is if you take a position on a certain issue, certain fact in other litigation, but um, there was either pending litigation or it, it was immaterial to the cause of action that prevents you from changing that position in another suit. Mm-hmm. But the captain's absolutely right. You're talking about different causes of action, different issues. Neither one of those two doctrines apply. 
And but these stupid liars are going to do it. And, and I'll give you a good example. We were talking before we went live. Justice and I have a, a court hearing tomorrow in her case. And the liar that's representing the other side filed an opposition. And he is citing that we're barred from rent by the doctrine of res judicata. Never mind the fact that when you read the order from the federal court <clears throat> dismissing the other case, it has nothing to do with the causes of action in the new case or the issues we're raising in the new case. Nothing to do with that whatsoever. They just dismissed the federal causes of action that we were moving under. So completely different thing. The rest judicata doesn't apply. But again, you guys got to understand that these bar members are like, like, like the captain alluded to. They take an oath to the bar. They take mm -hmm. an oath to do what is right in the bar's eyes. And they're, and they're not going to do what's, what is, is actually right. They're not going to investigate the claims that we're making against their clients. They're just going to come up with some BS response to try to get it thrown out before a jury ever even sees it. That's right. And that they, is, that's they, hurting and hope that no one challenges it. They exactly. will lie. They, they exactly. will lie. They, yeah, they will lie, and they rely heavily on people just giving up, especially pro se people. They do. They do. They just... And they're 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 of the opinion that hey if we drag this out long enough this guy or this girl they might just go away yeah but we have to become and the captain said this we have to be the thorn in their side we have to be persistent now i'm not suggesting you do anything that is unethical or illegal i am simply stating stick to your guns Stick to your arguments. Stick to the facts. Don't let these stupid liars deviate you from what the facts and what's the real cause of your case. Find oh, that. No, it's no. like Dr. Sorry, Justice. It, it's like Dr. Graves says. Find your winning issue and stick to it. And But this time around, also, we have evidence. Yes. Because in, of, we hired a private eye. Yep. Mm. Yep. In, in Justice's case, we've got a different... See, and here's the thing. Guess what's... You mentioned, Captain Cross, that, that the judge, in your case, when they issued the order, they made no mention whatsoever of the police department calling the airline or anything else like that. Guess what uh, this stupid liar didn't mention anywhere in his opposition? Didn't mention anything about the new evidence we found. Didn't mention mm -hmm. anything about a sworn affidavit from this private investigator who's willing to testify on our behalf. So are, are, are we just supposed to allow the court to just dismiss this willy-nilly? Yeah. No. No. We're no, not. No. And if the I judge die. dismisses it, we're appealing this. We're not going to let this go. And going after the judge. No one's been able to prove that they have a right to collect to collect anything from us. Meanwhile, while they tried to harass and extort me in the process. Yeah. If they, mm. they would have played nice, we'd still be on equal terms but they decided yeah. they wanted to extort me under duress when the entire world was shut down i mean what a yeah. stupid move so to me i'm from new york i'm like oh my god this is a thug yeah. i never in my life experienced such unprofessional behavior no i'm sorry the globe is shut down but we're not going to help you <laughs> wow okay. yeah. yeah so it's, so captain you you filed yeah. your you filed your appeal um have you gotten any word back from the appellate court uh, I have not. No, I have not filed the the informal brief yet. Oh, okay. I'm so working, you, you filed I'm, your I'm notice of intent to appeal. Okay, got it. Yes, yes. I'm I'm working on that. Uh, I have till the twenty uh, fourth of this month to file it. Okay. So, okay. So I'm working on it. Uh, I'll. I'll uh, did you, I, did um, I did I send you some of that? You did. You did. And you know, I was going to yeah. say, and I'm happy to if if you want another set of eyes to read it over before you 
send it off sure. or have any suggestions, I'm happy to do that for you. Love to. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. You know, and, and I um, and I want to tell you, Captain, you're you're not the only one in the airline industry. Um, I have a, a friend of mine. I haven't talked with her for quite some time. Um, but there was a group of them through the, um, I believe it's the freedom, the U S freedom flyers group. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've heard of that group. Yeah. Um, she was a, she was a flight attendant. Um, she lives in, um, the, the Island state. I'll just uh-huh. let you guess what that one is. Right. Um, she works for a different carrier than the one that you work for. Um, uh-huh. but they were all saying the same thing as like, Hey, we, we, there's gotta be something we can do. It's gotta be something we can do. So I, I, I praise you for what you're doing. Um, and we're here to help you any way we can. Yeah, he's Great. fighting thanks. for the people. Thanks, thanks James. Yeah, I, I, uh, that, that's the result. That's the result of what I'm doing. But what I say is, I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. Good. And and I think uh, people need to love themselves. Yeah. And they really need to fight for themselves because when they do, they are fighting for others. Because yes. remember, remember, under our uh, republic your right is inalienable, right? So, yep. and, and your right, you protect that right, you're going to beat the path and people will follow you. Right. Yep, yep, it's true. Okay? You don't want to have the majority vote. You don't. That is absolutely not how we live. And, no. and it, it just can't be. It just can't be. So, no, and that's uh, the sad reality is 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 that that is the path that the the, the supposed leaders of, of this nation are trying to take us is to the, the majority rules. You'll hear this all the time from elected quote unquote elected officials right. that uh, that say, "Well, our, our democracy this, our, our democracy, democracy that, our democracy this," and I'm like, "Okay, number one, you need to go back to fourth grade civics class because we do not live in a democracy. We never have." This That's is right. this is a constitutional republic. There are forms of de- of democ- democracy built into it, but it is not a majority rules for good reason, for very good reason. So that's right. That's right. Captain, tell what so, what can we do to yeah. help? What 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 can we do? What can our viewers? What can our listeners do? Um, as you know, we're we're on a number of different platforms. What can we do to help you? Uh, I I have uh, been on other platforms, and and a shout out was you know, put out for uh, any attorneys who are interested in helping to, to contact, uh, get in touch with me, but nobody has, you know, mm-hmm. I, I understand. I understand that everybody has their lives and it's uh, very busy and hectic. I'm, I'm, I'm confident in what I'm doing okay. and, and persistent. So uh, when I hear something, my ears always perk up and yep. I, I, uh, I uh, pay attention and, try and understand what, what it means so I can apply it mm-hmm. to, to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure, I mean, if somebody has uh, a certain angle that I could, I could use, why not? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen to any, I mean, like yeah. you just gave me, uh, you just brought up, uh, although instinctively I'm, I'm, I'm doing it, but you brought up the actual uh, law that states exactly what, what, uh, yeah, what is going on? You know what what that, that the, describes yeah, the, full, the process. Yeah, yeah, the full faith and credit. Absolutely. I mean, if yeah. if if citizens within the first the fifth circuit court of appeal have a right to do this, then then the me as a citizen in the ninth circuit court of appeals does as well. And as a matter yeah. of fact, to to your point, James, uh, 
in 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 my case, uh, if you notice that he the judge reversed the personal jurisdiction mm -hmm. over the uh, senior VP of flight. I saw that. Okay, he reversed because I pointed out that hey, if the court and I found the I found the the, the code. It's 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 in the it's in the it's in the uh, uh, the case. If the court accepts video conferencing as uh, uh, equal to the presence of the individual, why mm -hmm. wouldn't it, why wouldn't it accept it for this guy? Exactly. And and he reversed. So yep. I used their language, mm -hmm. and he reversed. Mm -hmm. So yep. I know I'm able to reverse their thinking. Yeah. Good. So the argument has to be <clears throat> right and convincing, and that's yeah. that's what I'm focused on now in my in my appeal. Okay. And uh, I don't know how much how much time we have, but uh, real quick, real quick with my second uh, uh, lawsuit, it's it's pure contract. Yeah, uh, the airline uh, 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 agreed to conduct uh, an investigation and correct, and they didn't. If I claimed discrimination, and they didn't, and it it's plain and simple. It says you will not punish. You, you, they would not punish me in any way. Any way. Mm -hmm. it's, it's they they retaliated. Way. Yeah, you, you, could also, you can also throw in a retaliation cause of action and you can show that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Captain, here's, here's what I would tell you is, is I, as I understand, you've been on other platforms, you, you've been seeking licensed bar members to help you. I, I would caution you with that. <laughs> Justice <laughs> and Eric can know where I stand. Yeah. When it comes to that, um, th they have an ulterior motive. Their motive is not to, to seek justice for you. Their motive is to do what's in the best interest for, for the organization they have sworn an oath to, which is not, unfortunately, the Constitution of the United States. It's, it's the, the, the Bar Association of America and the Bar Association of whatever state they're in. So with that being said, um, I, I am more than willing to help you with whatever you're doing. Um, don't don't feel like you're at this alone. Don't feel like you have to do it all alone. You're you're a very intelligent individual. I read your I read your complaint and I was um, <clears throat> albeit it's you know it's a different style, but you can tell, and that actually works well in your favor. So when you come up with your appellate brief, um, if you say, Hey, here's my first draft, send it over to justice, send it over to myself. You have my email. I'll be happy to read through it, find if I can find any other supporting case law. I have access to everything, Westlaw, American jurisprudence. I've got access to everything, all the cases we want to find. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if you can circle your argument back to the constitutional provision that guarantees you that right, no one can argue with that. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. every, single, every single organization, either in our government or in corporations, was created under the guidance and direction of the Constitution. Without the Constitution, we don't have judges. Without the Constitution, we don't have the FAA. Without the Constitution, Correct. we don't have corporations. Now, and that's, you can and argue that's, that all you want, and yeah. you can argue that statutes this and statutes that. It's like, well, hold on a second. You need to understand something here. A statute governs the actions of the corporations and the charters that created it. So I'll give you another case. It's a good case to look at. It's called Hale v. Henkel. Um. That was a I case that somewhere I, I didn't read. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a case that was back in the late uh, 1920s, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And basically yeah. what it came to is uh, it's Henkel with an E. 
by the oh. way. Hale versus Henkel. H-E-N-K-L-E? Um, H-E-N-K-L-E, yep. <clears throat> and so the, the, the crux was is that the judge in that case said this corporation has acted outside of the laws that created it. It is doing things outside of the scope of the laws that created it. That's that's the the, the, ju- the gist of the of the case there. So when when you go back and you argue these things, you can go, hey, the TSA acted outside of the authority and the laws that created it. The police department or um, the other individuals in the airport acted outside of their laws and the because they sworn an oath to the to uphold the the constitution and to, and to guarantee every citizen's rights they violated my right against unlawful search and seizure against unlawful detainment against false imprisonment because they were acting under the guise and under the force of color of law so there's that side of it and then the airline has acted outside of the statutes that created it mm-hmm. they don't have this authority they don't have nope. this power over one of one of one over me one of the people no, they don't. Absolutely. They can't. No, they don't. So, they don't. So when you make those no. arguments that way, that's going to be, I don't care what judge is sitting there. Do you mean to tell me, Mr. Judge, that your opinion carries more water than constitutional? It says it's clear as day right there. Right. Any, any privilege that's given to one citizen in another state shall be enjoyed by all citizens in the several states. Very clear. <laughs> so tell me exactly what am I missing here? Right. No, I agree. I agree with you. It's it's uh, it's it's this this is good. Hale versus Hinkle because uh, I don't know if you saw the law. I have four lawsuits going on. Yeah. Okay. The fourth one is uh, against the union. Oh, even better. <laughs> and and the union and the union uh, supported the airline's position on face covering. What they did is they said, "Oh, we have we uh, adopt we've adopted a non-opposing position." Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means you agree with their position. Mm-hmm. That means you have an agreement. Well, unions cannot have an agreement that invades public policy. Exactly. And unions are specific to, they can negotiate rates of pay, work rules, and working conditions. No more. Yep. They can't yep. invade public policy. So Hale versus Hinkle basically is what you just gave me. Yeah. That's yep. exactly yep. what they're doing there. Outside. Yeah. It's, 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 the, the, the crux of that case was um, an investigator was trying to get like, I think he was the bookkeeper or, or an accountant or something to, to okay. open up the books of the company. But by doing so that would have incriminated himself. So uh-huh. he's like, no, I, I'm, I'm exercising my fifth amendment right against, um, uh, you know, yeah. self-incrimination. Yes. And right. so, um, they took it and, and they, um, I, I can't remember if this was a criminal case or if it was a civil case, but the judge says, no, he has that right. A, a, a citizen and a man can stand upon his constitutionally secured rights, rightfully so. So, yeah, look it up. It's a great case. Um, I will. But like I, I said, now, you know, so. when you when you come up with your appellate brief, email it over to me. I'll read through it. I'll, I'll make some notes, some suggestions on, you know, hey, have you thought about going from this angle? Th- that's one of the reasons why I love this um, group that we have. I mean, it's not just myself, um, Justice and Erica know we, we have uh, my good friend, Brandon in Louisiana, who'll be on with us on Friday. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always calling him. As a matter of fact, he called me about 20 minutes before the show uh, okay. to tell me some really interesting, exciting news that we're going to share on Friday. 
um, you know, I was talking with him about Justice's case. He's like, hey, do you think that this this applies? This is the argument that this stupid lawyer's making. Does this apply? He's like, heavens no. Not even close to being the same thing. So um, there is there is a group of us. Yeah. We're small, but there's a group of us that are, are willing to, to help you fight this and, and, like I said, save your money. You don't all, need to hire need, a liar. All we need is 3%, right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all we need. Yeah. yeah. That's all we need. So, so um, we are actually getting uh, – uh, I've got a, a hard stop here coming up pretty quick. I've got some other pressing matters to attend to. I'm headed out of town on Sunday night for a couple of weeks. So, But, Captain, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, fascinating. Um, I'm excited to follow your case. So your next step is to get your appellate brief written up and get it filed with the court, and you have until the 24th of this month to do so? That, that is correct. And okay. uh, this court, again, dismissed my case against the union because um, I'll have to look. Because he based his the, – the, the judge interpreted the regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll you'll recognize it sixty one fifty three. Yep. Uh, where where the pilot is the one who makes that decision. He interpreted that as if oh it's almost correct. My interpretation is almost <laughs> correct. I have an idiosyncratic interpretation of the of the regulation. I'm like okay, so do we have a doctor at every gate telling me how I feel before I board the airplane to no. operate it? Yeah, no, of course not. Right? No, so he's just out of his mind. So in so essence, I'm, the judge knows your regulations better than you, a airline pilot of 38 years? No, no yeah. the, the judge knows he, his health better than him. Yeah, he apparently. wakes up in the morning. He wakes up in the morning and he can tell me how I feel. Oh, yes. I thought, okay. I thought you were no, telling, saying that. <laughs> you, you that makes a lot of that. sense. That's that makes a, joke, a lot of right? sense. So, yeah. yeah. So if he can wake up in the morning and tell me how I feel, then I will agree that his interpretation is correct. Yeah. And yeah. I and I don't know if I have, uh, if I have time, but I tell the story of Scott. Scott, this is a true story. Scott was one of my co-pilots and on the uh, descent into Phoenix, he says, Cap, I can't breathe. This is a true story. Yes. yes. I can't breathe. I, I don't think it's a heart attack, but I'm going to go on oxygen. Mm-hmm. And he did. A few minutes later, he recovered, right? He removed himself from flying the next, the next flight. As it turned out, it was a heavy indigestion. So a very simple breakfast that he, he yeah. ate too much, right? Yeah. Caused an indigestion and almost incapacitated him. He was that close to being incapacitated, cannot breathe. He went on oxygen. That made the flight deck from a two-man crew to a one-man crew. Now, mm-hmm. all I needed was an emergency of some sort. Now we are down to one-man crew dealing with an emergency, two emergencies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this guy wants to tell me, this judge wants to tell me that my interpretation of the rule is idiosyncratic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some idiosyncrasy that that you know. Yeah, they love they love to throw. My favorite thing is when they throw in their arguments that your your facts have no basis in law or have no merit in law. I, I love right. I love they, they they just like to me it's just fancy terms, uh, oh, fancy yeah. words. It's like, okay, <laughs> so you say exactly I have no merit or no basis in law? Do explain. I would love to hear this. And that's exactly what I told this judge. And I'm not shy anymore. I'm not backing. Good. I'm not backing off. I'm just, I'm being respectful. Yeah. But I'm being As you should. But you need to be forceful. forceful. Say, Your Your Honor, respectfully, I disagree. Please enlighten me exactly. That's right. How I interpreted this this law or this regulation. 
as it relates to my primary duties as a pilot. Please, please enlighten me how I misinterpret this. And, and here's a good one for you now. I don't know how, how I'm going to spin this one or how I'm going to use it. They had, the union had an election, a new president who ran on mandate opposition. Mm-hmm. He himself was injured when he was in okay. the military from, the, from anthrax, right? And took him six months to recover from being paralyzed from the waist down. So he ran uh, his campaign against any mandates, right? So he was elected by the majority of the pilots. But yet the lawyers in the, in, the, in, the, in the union still hold on to the position that they had before, <laughs> which, is, which is a non-opposition position to the company policy. I'm like, wait a yeah. minute. There's a conflict within the, within the union. How yeah. is the union functioning when you have a president who opposes that and the lawyers say, oh, no, the union supports that? Yeah. Yeah, like, like we were talking about before we went live, this is upside down world. I mean, we're trying to figure out which is up and to what's down. Point, and Exactly, to your point. You know, yeah, you know what? Um, like, I'll just, I'll close it out and I'll end it with okay. this, you guys. Um, in, in, a, in a few episodes from now, we're going to talk about nullification. We're going to talk about what, what happens, what can you do if a law is passed that violates either the constitution or violates your rights of conscience? Like if you just... Deep down, that just doesn't feel right. You have a God-given right to ignore that. Matter of fact, God has come out and said that you are to forsake anything that has the appearance of evil. So forsake means to put off or to get away from. So if you find anything, like, like, like I know the captain did, like I did myself, just as the same way, Eric is the same way. When all of this crap hit the fan in 2020 and they started doing these things, He's like, deep down, I was like, wait a minute, this just doesn't feel right. Mm -mm. Something doesn't make sense here. What am I missing? You're telling me I need to do this. What am I missing? Um, That's where nullification comes in. And there has been a number of times in our nation's history where brave individuals have openly violated existing law and suffered the consequences. I'll give you one example, and then we got to close it out. Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. Rosa Parks. There was a law in the books that if you were of a certain skin color, you had to ride in the back of the bus. And she said, no, I'm not doing that. So she suffered the consequences because of it. However, our nation was forever changed in a better way because of what she did. So this is our duty as Americans. This is our duty as men and women and children of God is to stand up like the captain is doing. This doesn't. No, 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 no. The lives of 200 people plus depend on me. And if I, in any way, shape, or form, am, if, if I'm impaired in any way, shape, or form, I am not fit for duty. And I will make that decision because I cannot put those, I cannot put those lives at risk. I won't do it. But you know what? You've got corporations. You've got government agencies that make the argument of a compelling governmental interest, which by the way, I have major issues with. I don't give a rat's rand about your governmental compelling interest. That's what right. about my compelling constitutionally secured right interest? They don't care. James. They don't. They don't care. They don't. James, James, if you don't mean you, you don't mind me inter- interrupting you, that rule 6153 is misunderstood by most pilots. Yeah. That rule is not a sick call rule. It is a forward-looking rule. 
In other mm -hmm. words, if you want to operate an aircraft in 15 <clears throat> hours, you better not do something that's going to affect your health. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You see what if, I mean? if, if your actions the night before, if you're, if you're throwing back too many shots at the bar right. the night before, so, and if that's going to yeah. affect your ability to, yeah. to operate ex this. Exactly. exactly right. The, yep. the, the FAA has identified certain activities and or drugs that a pilot may not uh, do or use prior to uh, operating an aircraft. But how about all the other things that are, that have not been identified? Yeah. Kind of like the, kind of like the ninth amendment, you know, you can't cover everything. Right. So it is up to the pilot to make that decision and it is forward looking. So they all are trying to tell me that it is a sick call. Oh, if you don't feel good, that's when you, you don't operate an aircraft. No, 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 no. You plan yeah. ahead. You don't just get better when you go to operate an aircraft. You plan ahead and you're ready to operate when you are there at the aircraft to operate and healthy. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, 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 the new definition, if you will. That is, that is the real definition of what good. the rule is about. Good. So. Such a well, Captain, idea. thank you again. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And like I said, my door is open. I'd love to help you if I can. So I will. I will. I know. I know you. You're. You're knowledgeable. And uh, and uh, everybody else. I'm sure everybody else is knowledgeable, and everybody can contribute to to what yeah. I'm doing. And, and you know, like and, said, and I'm sure it doesn't. Uh, well, I'm sure it doesn't hurt to have a a a, a commercial airline pilot as a friend. I'm just going to say that. So. <laughs> Well, I, I, I do have my private airplanes, too. So He started Ooh. his own business, by the way. If you're in what area? You're in Texas, right? And Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona. So if you want to learn yeah. to fly and you're in, in Phoenix, uh, let us know and we'll connect you with his new business. Right? Teaching people. Yes. Right? Yes. Right yeah. now, I, I, uh, I have started a what's called a time building uh, business for pilots who want to build uh, more multi-engine time so they can get on with a major airline or, oh, or get more hours. Yeah. Yeah. Get more awesome. hours. Or if they want to become a multi-engine instructors, then, then uh, we can get them, get them squared away. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. All right, you guys, we're going to wrap this session up. Thank you so much, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Justice, Erica, anything you guys want to say before we close it out? Um, Erica's muted. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Erica is muted. That. No, uh, she's on now. I'll, I'll do like the uh, producer stuff, which is we are now also on um, because Facebook doesn't like us. They won't let us live stream anymore. They don't want yep. us to teach people how to protect themselves. But so um, we pulled up some accounts on Odyssey and uh, Twitch and um, we're live streaming over there as well, as well as the website. So there's a bunch of places. You'll always find it in the Telegram chat. I post it before mm -hmm. we go on live. Um, and if you need help or have any questions, again, reach out in the Telegram chat. And uh, I have to say, Captain Cross, um, it was such a great insight to the aviation industry through the eyes of a pilot. Yeah. Today. And then last week, he, he was on our show with, with Crash and I because he and Crash are both pilots. And um, that's how we met and started. But it's such a great thing to hear somebody that wants to stand up for people, but just the lives that you carry in your hands, you mm -hmm. know, and how you so want to protect the people. It's just very admirable what you're doing and yes. the insight to the industry. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank thank you. you. Yeah. And, I, and now I've, I've been saying lately that my mission was to bring people together using airplanes. I think my mission has changed. Now I, I bring people together 
using my uh, words and my actions. Yep. Awesome. And bringing families together. So that's, that's important. That's really yep. important to me. So, yep. Erica, anything else you want to say before we close it out? Well, I just identified with your uh, Captain Cross, your desire to not be able to silence that still small voice that says, no, not today. This yeah. is, this is the line that I'm drawing today and forever. And like, Good. The more of us who are doing that, like, who cares what, what comes down the way after that point, you know, yeah. you have yeah. to take your stands everywhere you can in every way that you can. And yeah. we can't just think about prying people out of the darkness because they're still asleep and they don't know they're on their journey too. You know, you don't yep. have to understand what kind Absolutely. of darkness you're in to be drawn to the light. And so, so we just true. need to keep being the light, you know? And so yep. good on you. I'm glad you're, you were in a dark industry as well. It sounds like with the unions and how everybody took a hive mind and went in one direction. I was too. We all like, it's like, there's just a few of us and we seem to be assembling. So yeah, that's really yep, we are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Awesome. I've, Thanks. I've always, I've always operated on the sidelines. I've always looked, I thought outside the box. I never wanted to join any organization for some reason. I've always been, um, a, I, I thought on my own. I did not like being a group, part of a group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Very, very yeah. 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 Good for you. For me. Good. We're going to pray for Erica. Everybody out there, pray for Erica and the people in her area are getting pummeled with tornadoes. So yes. um, keep them in your prayers. Yes. 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 All right, you guys, thanks so much. Um, real quick, before I hit the end button here, do us all a big favor. I, I never ask for anything for, of anyone, but I will ask of you this is please, please subscribe to our channels. Please like these these shows as we go out. That helps to get more more people involved. Helps to get the word out to more people. You guys know I I don't do what I do for money. I'm not doing this for any 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 kind of money. I'm doing this to get the word out so that my my fellow brothers and sisters in this great country that I love can stand up and and teach their children and their children's children the rights that we have that have been lost through the ages through our, our horrible education system. So help us out. Like our channel, excuse me, subscribe to our channel, like our, our, our podcast, like our videos. Um, that, that really helps us to get where we need to go. So, yeah. and so with you. that, you guys, very good. Everybody take, take care. We will talk to you. Uh, our next broadcast will be on Friday. Um, uh, we have a guest again, Brandon, the big sib. It's the big sib this time. <laughs> He's going to join. He's got some really good information to share. We've got some case updates. Uh, I'll give you guys an update on how our hearing goes tomorrow. Uh, with with justice so until then you guys take care god bless you all we will talk to you uh, on friday all right go get them tomorrow all right thank, thank you, you. <laughs> all right justice okay. Pray for us thanks james thank you we'll see you we'll see you bye-bye